Hello everyone, good morning to you. Are you on your walk? If so, say good morning to someone walk past you. If there is, if it's a Londoner, watch out for the hook that's coming back your way. <laughs> if you're in northern part of England or Wales, you'll have a hello back, won't you? Or the southwest potentially. Okay, let's go into this voice note now. Um, let me turn this music off. Right, here we go. So the I want to talk about paradoxes, and I saw these online reading about them. And I thought they were really interesting and a good way to think. So a paradox is defined as something that is self, like it contradicts itself, right? But when you look into it deeper, actually it's well-founded or it's true. So, you know, what we're saying is life is full of paradoxes and, uh, you know, looking at them and figuring them out is a good way to go. So let's go with the first one. And I think this is something me and my friend Jack spoke with the other day. The persuasion paradox. Have you noticed that the most argumentative people rarely persuade anyone of, well, anything? Nothing. Zero. The most persuasive people don't argue. They observe, listen, ask questions. So if you argue less, you persuade more. Well, that's weird, isn't it? See, I always be trying to, trying to hammer something home to change minds. Not happening. There's another, okay, the next one, the effort paradox. Um, the more you have to put in more effort to make something appear effortless. So effortless or elegant performances are often the result of a large volume of effortful, gritty practice. For example, Roger Federer playing tennis looks like he is gliding across the courts. But obviously, you know that there's been ungodly amount of hours gone in to his game which makes it look effortless for him. The wisdom paradox, something you'll all eventually, if you haven't already, get with. Um, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. And Socrates says the same. So the more you learn, the more you're exposed to the immense unknown. You basically, it's quite frightening in a sense. And you, you learn more, you learn more, you learn more, you go, you go, wow, I really am clueless. But that's the good sign because it makes you embrace lifelong learning, doesn't it? So I think that's a good one. Um, it's kind of like the opposite of the Drunning uh, Kruger effect where you just start learning about something or you've read one blog post and you think you're an expert then you go online and you start arguing with everyone and that never changes anyone's mind and then you're back to square one and then you keep learning you go, yeah, I was full of shit. I had no clue what I was on about. Okay, the productivity paradox. Parkinson's law says that work expands to fill the time available for its completion. So you work longer and you get less done. When you establish fixed hours to your work, you find unproductive ways to fill it. Uh, this is 100% true. So if you say, I'll take four, six hours, it'll take six hours. It takes four hours, it takes four hours. You do an assignment doing six months, it'll take you six months. We leave it to the last minute. So... It's best really, for me anyways, when you do sprints, bit of rest, repeat like a lion. So you do, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to give myself two days of blitzer out, boom, boom, or one day or a few hours, I'm going to blister out. You rest, and then you repeat again. Might be a better way of looking at things. So that might be something one of you guys want to try as opposed to saying I've got to work for eight hours, because in, real, in reality, working eight hours non-stop is not something that is... Uh, it's not really practical either, like it's not, you just burn out. And I think there's, um, if you look at the Pomodoro technique, which 
is you work for 25 minutes non-stop no disruptions whatsoever you do one task for 25 minutes and you take a five minute break and you do another 25 minutes and you do this four times until you get like an hour break and if you do that you'll get more done in four pomodoros than you would have done in a you know eight hours of work so give that a go okay the the growth paradox Growth takes a much longer time coming than you think, and then it happens much faster than you ever thought possible. So growth happens gradually, then suddenly, like compounds. So when you realize this, you do things differently. So, for example, you're trying to lose weight for five weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. You're on week four, and you're like, Scott, I don't feel like I've lost much weight. I don't know what's going on. I feel like I haven't made any gains. And then one day you wake up, and you're four pounds lighter, we call the whoosh effect, and the water attention drops off. All of a sudden, things change. You're like, wow, have I just made that gain to one? Like, no, you haven't. It's the accumulation of things, and then it kind of starts clicking and growing, and then you get a new set of motivation. You're like, oh, wow, actually, okay, it works. I've been training hard, I've done it. I look leaner, I've dropped weight. Um, I feel stronger, and now all of a sudden, the mood's uplifting, and you go again and again, and something it compounds and compounds. That's how it works in fitness. When it comes to working or business or anything, it, it seems to be what you're doing, what you're learning is pointless, pointless, pointless until it's not. Until it's not, then boom. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, the failure paradox. You have to fail more to succeed. Our greatest moments of growth often basically come directly from big boy failures. So obviously we've all here that we don't want to fear failure, we're going to go straight at there, punch it in the nose, go straight through it. Um, but yeah, the more we fail, the more we succeed, right? I think Michael Jordan's got an amazing quote on this. He's like, you know, I've won, I've done more shots, I've done all this more than anyone else, but I've also missed more shots than anyone else. So he's the best, but he's also the person that's got the worst at, which is he's missed most of the shots that have ever been in, in basketball. And that's crazy. But we don't look at the missed, we look at what you can achieve, what's been achieved. Yeah. The say no paradox. I mean, I say this all the time. Take on less, accomplish more. Commit to less, do more. Okay? If you come, if you say yes to everything coming your way, you've got bad news for you. You are a slave to somebody else's life and ambitions and dreams, and you're not really doing what you want to be doing, or what's good for you. Um, so you need to learn to say really yes to what matters, say no to what doesn't, and protect your time like you would protect your bank account. Or if you had a wad of cash in your house, someone comes in to try and take it, I'm sure you will put a fight up. But when it comes to your time, yeah, take a minute, take my time. Don't you worry about it, take my time. I've got unlimited time until you haven't. You don't have a limited time. The speed paradox, again, I've said this before, truly believe in this one. You have to go slow to go fast. I know it sounds nuts, but if you're slower, steadier, focused, learning, you're doing stuff with resourcefulness, with efficiency, and you're taking one step at a time, especially when it comes to fat loss versus yo-yo dieting, you'll actually get to your goal faster than yo-yo dieters because they took two steps forward, three steps back, two steps forward, three steps back. You're going slower, but you're never really taking steps back. You might be taking some steps to the side, and to the side there, to the left, to the right, but you're essentially moving forward, slow back, and by moving slow, you are blitzing the pace of a yo-yo dieter. They've done four yo-yo diet cycles. You're beyond. You can't even see them. 
in the wind in the wind mirror. They're gone. <laughs> Ta-da, boy! You're not seeing them again. So think about that now. Don't be tempted to quit the process because it's not going fast enough. That's a fool's game. That's a fool's idea. Don't be a fool. The death paradox. You must know your death in order to relieve your life. Mel Memento Mori by the Stoics is this. Remember, you will die. I've got a painting on my wall. Well, just like a portraity thing next to Steve Jobs and Napoleon. That is that Memento Mori. You know, they die, the great men die, we all go. Um, so live now, basically. It just, it just reminds you, like, it, it, it will go one day. You don't want to be lounging about all the time, being a slave to your phone a slave to other people's arguments and gossip and stuff like that because it can sap your time away. Next thing you know, one year's passed, two years passed, you still haven't tried that hobby you've always wanted to do. You still haven't tried that fitness plan you always wanted to do. You still haven't tried to be healthy. You still haven't tried for that promotion. You still haven't tried to, you know, be a better partner. Whatever it is, you just kind of, time just sucks away and you go, oh, it's too late now. And you just let it all turn into a whirlwind of poo-poo. <laughs> and then you just say, yeah, it's gone. So don't be like that. Don't be like that. So if there's anything you really wanted to do, it's time to, you'd have to drop everything now, but you need to take deliberate things each day. So like, if you wanted to start a new hobby, you can fake the actions of doing it. Like, well, maybe do a one a Google search, or I've done a Google search, nothing about. If you're really serious about it, phone these places up, and ask when in bigger in the classes or whatever. Get them on the blower and then commit to something and go. Don't don't wait for friends to join you on these things because it take forever. You know some people want to travel the world and visit countries. They never do because they've got no friends to go with them. Bad news. Your friends are never going to be reliable for going on holiday when you can. You've got a, everyone's got their conflicts and calendars. So if you're always waiting for your friends, you're always going to wait forever. Aren't you? So do your shit now. After. Do the class tonight, but book in to do the class tonight for another time. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. Okay, the fear paradox. The thing we fear the most is often the thing we need the most. Fears, when avoided, become limiters to our growth and life. Make a habit of getting closer to your fears. Again, the biggest resistance we feel from something means that's the exact place we've got to go. I know it's nuts. I'm really scared of that. Yeah, yeah. Go that way then. 100%. Do it. No, 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 no. That's that's. I should be the opposite. No, Scott, because I'm scared. No, you should blitz through that. That's the. It's te- your your you your inside whatever it is your instincts are telling you. It's scary, but that's exactly where you've got to go. It's like a signal. It's like an arrow. Oh, it's like an arrow, guys. It's like an arrow. Okay. The news paradox. The more news you consume, the we- the less well informed you are. 100%. The more news you're taking in, guys, it's full of shit. It's owned by a few billionaires, all right? Journalists are just trying to do clickbait stuff. And you're listening to that, and you're reading it all the time. Pull yourself away. Read the old books. Think for yourself. Start writing your thoughts out. Because only when you start writing your thoughts out, you actually clarify and come up with new ideas. That's the important part. You clarify ideas, you write them out. You go, okay, it makes sense. So, yeah, pull you away from the news, because it is, it's not reporting on the stuff that matters either. AKA NHS bill, it's going through now. Where's the BBC? Silence. <sighs> silence, silence, silence. Okay, the Icarus paradox. We'll finish with this one, guys. I hope you've been thinking about things. I hope it's been going into your head. Icarus paradox. Icarus crafted wings out of feathers and beeswax to escape an island. 
he began to fly, the wings working wonders. But he quickly became blinded by his own engineering prowess and flew too close to the sun, which caused the beeswax to melt and sent him plummeting to his death. This is a Greek mythology tale, yeah. It's not real. <laughs> what makes you successful can lead to your downfall. Early on, a success can cause overconfidence and then, boom, blind disruption on the other side. I've spoken about this before. One of the biggest mistakes, one of the biggest successes I thought at the time, now back years ago, funding rugby waffle investors. Oh, this is great news. I've made it, boys. I've made it. Turned out to be one of the worst decisions I made. Got cocky. Thought I had it. Had to spend the money on stock and the stock didn't sell. That comes with a cost, a big cost of input duty, delivery charges, stock not selling, depreciation, big losses. So often you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta think about the successes, you gotta think about what appears to be super great and you've made like you gotta look at that just as you look at failures. You can't you can't like for, for me now with this if something's working something's working I'm not going to think it's going to be something that works forever and if something big appears to be like an amazing triumph you've got to be sceptical about that that's the best way to go about things in my opinion um, but in terms of this one where it talks about you know the success that can lead to your downfall it's kind of like when you go from fat loss phase to maintenance what works for fat loss doesn't quite work for maintenance right when you go to maintenance you've got to go higher in your macros right you've got to be a bit more lenient and flexible again you've got to be even more flexible because you've got to be, you have to allow for things. You have to allow, um, kind of like your weight's going to go up and down more on maintenance, and you have to accept that. That's the first thing, right? So weight isn't, the, you know, it's going to be a bit of a trickier indication. Uh, and then when you go to maintenance, eating more calories and carbs, and you know, you're thinking, oh, how is this possible? I'm going to not gain fat on this. It's kind of like this didn't. This is the opposite, essentially, of fat loss, and it's kind of like. You're trying to keep on to the fat loss thing by eating lower than your maintenance. But then if you eat lower than your maintenance, you're still in a deficit. And if you're in a deficit for too long, you, there's many things that happen that's not good news. Your T3 comes down. Your hormones essentially plummet down. Your stress goes up because it is stressful being a deficit. And you're not giving your body the like recovery of a maintenance. And if you're not getting the recovery of maintenance where your hormones go back up to a baseline, you feel stronger, your body's got the nutrients and energy it needs to, you know, be fully functional and not have to worry about taking energy from fat stores, you know, you're literally doing the exact opposite of what you've got to do there. And it's actually detrimental. And I've spoke to a few people who try to go to maintenance and haven't been able to do so properly because they're scared and they stay in a deficit and it's exactly where we don't want to be. So yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one, that's a big one. What works for fat loss doesn't actually work for maintenance. Sounds obvious, but it's just, it's just true. But guys, hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully there was a thing, few things that have stretched your mind, thinking about different things, different paradoxes. Obviously the main one is the slow going fast, I think we need to drill in, uh, is the most important one I would say from this list for you guys. But do have a think about them. Do have a think about them. Let me know what one is your favorite. And I will be back tomorrow some more, hopefully, information, wisdom, whatever you want to call it, to help you live your day-to-day -day life. Now, but before I leave you, let's zoom back into today. It's Thursday. Let's get back in. 24 hours ahead of you. Same 24 hours. Everyone's got 24 hours. Amazing, isn't it? Class. Basically, 
plan your workout. When are you going to do it? The morning, evening. Get that done. Track your macros. Get that in the bag. What's your one big thing? Try and get that done. Work like a lion. Sprint, rest, sprint, rest. Don't try and think of it as an eight-hour long session. Break it down into sprints and rest. Pomodoro technique, maybe. Try that to get more work done. See if we can be more efficient. And the more rest we can have, the more chill, the more level brain wonder, the more ahas we can have, maybe. The more time we can have to read and discover and learn. I don't know. Give it a go. Give the Pomodoro a go. And let me know if it works. And I'll see you tomorrow.